What's up, everybody? Adi84 here, and this is the first episode of Adi84's Wild and Tipsy Adventures. And basically, with doing this show, it's a little bit different than the regular show that you guys might listen to, the Adi84 show. In this show, we uh, we have some alcohol, which I've been drinking um, prior to the show, so I figured this might as well just continue the uh, the adventures here. Um, since we're already nice and primed. And that's the idea of this show. So this is episode one. And uh, basically what we'll be doing is we'll be talking about adventures I had experienced over the time. Um, I will uh, preference that say that you could actually see the pitches and some of the backstory of most of these adventures on the Wicked Explorers uh, YouTube page or Facebook page. Um, the page that my wife and my son and I run so you can actually get an, a visual of the stories i'm about to uh confess if you will and the reason i'm doing this is because i have so many pictures and so many trips and stuff that we've gone on to over the years and my personally by myself a lot of them that i just don't have a way to share and i've always try to figure out a way to share it with people to try to uh basically get them give them a little bit of an idea of what happened so because this is episode one, I'll take about five minutes of this episode to kind of give you a little bit of an outline of uh, the adventures of myself. And uh, basically it sets back to, God, we have, I've been going on road trips since by myself. I mean, my family and I used to travel to Florida almost every year, but by myself, we took our first road trip in 2003. Um, my two buddy Joe's and I decided we we're going to take my Jeep down to uh, Florida for spring break. Uh, one of the Joey's uncle lived in Clearwater. My grandparents lived in Fort Myers. So we decided that those would be the stops and we'll take two days down, two days back, and we'll see how it goes. And uh, never going on a road trip that long before. This is 2003, so we didn't have, uh, you know, I, we didn't have like Expedia or maybe it was very premise that you couldn't order hotel rooms with. Um, we were 18 years old, you know, gas prices were a buck 10 a gallon. It was wicked cheap. We had no game plan. We kind of had a destination and a finish and that was it. And that basically started the road trips that would pursue for many, for decades afterwards, I guess you could say. And here we are in 2021. And I decided that, you know, I'm starting to lose my memory a little bit. You know, some of the details of some of these trips we went on over the years, which I don't want to do because I want to be able to share these adventures with people. And I feel like eventually what's going to happen is uh, I will forget some of the more interesting attributes of all these trips. So um, what we've been doing on the Wicked Explorers page is we've been taking these videos and we've been tagging using uh, uh, scribble maps. Um, so, and that link is on the bottom of our YouTube page. But basically what happens with scribble maps is you click on the map and it'll have a little icon of places we've been to. And then when you click on that icon, it'll tell you the, it'll send you right to the video in which that we, um, made at that location and some of the locations have multiple videos to it so we kind of you know dance around that a little bit but for the most part that's what you're going to be getting with the site so i decided i was trying to figure out where i was going to start these adventures and um since i just freshly 
completed the 2004 video of the spring break and it's a video i mean it's more of a more of a slideshow because we don't actually have much video from that trip because we weren't really taking video back then um digital cameras were now are you know affordable device in 2004 so we i had one of those and the pictures qualities it's all right it's not great but um we decided that or i decided i should say because i have no one else here that this was going to be the uh, route we're going to take for this first episode here and uh so if you like hearing crazy stories and adventures this is the podcast or youtube video for you if you don't then uh you know, check out the ID84 show where we interview people. It's a little bit different here. And I have a co-host and I'm not just rambling for an hour. So the choice is yours and yours alone, as I always like to say. So, and if you watch it on YouTube, we're interactive. Leave me comments, tell me what you think, and I'll try to interact with you some part or another. But this is episode one of the, I forget what I call the show. You guys know what I call the show? This is bad episode one now. I just literally came up with the title of the show. The Wild Tipsy Adventures of Audi 84. Spring Break 2004. All right. I'm going to take a sip before I start this story. Oh, where do I begin? So, this particular road trip um, has two returning characters from the road trip and spring break prior and that would be spring break 2003 um we we are taking myself and one of the other joeys with us on this extravaganza now we had added two characters to the strip we had added uh joey's older brother anthony who was a couple years older than us that we were friends with and a bandmate of us from high school and a good friend of us adam so the four of us, we, I don't understand how it came about. I think we were kind of planning this ahead of time. Um, I think I got the idea in December when I think about it. And uh, Joe didn't want to go, the one who came with us last time. But the other Joe did. And Anthony was very interested in joining us. And uh, we brought Adam along because we were friendly with Adam. We used to hang out with him. We figured it would be good. Maybe we could bring him along on a trip with us. And uh, we'll have a good time. So. The idea was we were going to go to at least Fort Myers to see my uh, grandparents. And we stay with them for a couple of days. And then we we're going to make our way up to, we we're going to find a destination. And, uh, you know, growing up, you know, you would think you'd see MTV and stuff. And they're talking about Panama City or they talk about Daytona Beach and all these places where people go for spring break. And you have all these college kids just having a great time. And Fort Myers Beach would have that to an extent. It would be a bunch of college kids hanging out. And the Lamy Kai, which is the big hotel there, would have like the, the banners of the college and the, the sororities or um, fraternities that would be hanging out there and stuff so that was basically what we were trying to recapture because we enjoyed it in the year prior so we're like you know 2004 we could do it better we could step it up a little bit so let's do a couple days here and do a couple days there and you know at this point we're 19 years old we're still trying to figure out the fundamentals of, of road trip you know so we agreed on the cast I guess you could say and uh, we the initial plan was to take my jeep that we take the year before we had taken the year before the uh, 2001 yellow jeep wrangler se four cylinder phenomenal gas mileage um stability on the road was uh left some to be desired it was very rugged on the way it rode but we had thought that maybe we could still 
you know, we could fit four of us into it. We fit three. Immediately, I wouldn't say immediately. I would say close to the Pacha day, that idea was thrown away. Instantaneously gone. They're going to get rid of it. So Joey had offered to drive as well. So I'm like, all right, we'll take two cars. Now, me thinking um, financially, that's not worth. Like, you take two cars, you just double the gas, you know. Um, but they insisted, and we really had no choice. So it was like, that's the way it's going to go. That's the way it's going to go. So that's what we did. So as the day got closer, we figured out how we we're going to do this. And prior to this, we would stop in like North Carolina or South Carolina on the way down and then continue our journey the next day and vice versa on the way home. But for some reason, we came up with this bright idea that we were just going to plow right through to Florida on one day. So for us, it was like, okay, how are we going to do this? So the idea was to leave at 5 p.m on a Friday and somehow get to Fort Myers somewhere around Saturday afternoon of some sort. And that was the goal. That's what we tried to do. So I had actually had class um, during the day on Friday. So I'd gone to class and I got home around one o'clock in the afternoon. And I was trying to figure out how I'm going to do this journey of driving. I've never driven deep through the night before this before. This would be the first time. Never alone a 24-hour know, marathon at this point. Um, so I had the bright idea of when I get home from work, or from school rather, I will take some NyQuil and that will pass me out. I'll be able to take a nice deep nap and I'll for some reason taking that in my sister's bedroom instead of my bedroom because I'll be less distracted and then you know at 4 30 I'd wake up and then we'd start our journey I mean that was the idea um and then caffeine pills were this big thing that we all were looking at to do so I figured if I got tired on the journey down to Florida I would just pop a couple caffeine pills and really get me going right so that's the idea. So I get home from school around one o'clock. I take some NyQuil. I have the shittiest nap ever. I mean, it's such a drug, a droggy nap. I, I wake up and it's like 4.30 and I'm getting my stuff together to pack the Jeep up. And I had this bright idea. And I don't understand where this idea came from because st- you still have to stop for bathroom breaks. But I was going to buy a box of Joe. Like Dunkin' Donuts sells a box of Joe. And I was going to fill it up with coffee and put my milk and sugar in there and shake it up. And I was going to build a tube that ran from the back of the Jeep up around the roll bar down to my mouth so I could just drink coffee, you know, as I needed it. Which now I'm looking back on it, it was the stupidest idea because I need every excuse to stop. And here I am going to try to plow through with a box of pre-made coffee, Joe, in the back of the hole with a plastic hose that wasn't even rated for drinking. I got from a cheap discount at fucking Home Depot. I could have died from plastic toxins. <laughs> That's besides the point. <clears throat> so uh, the day prior to us leaving, I, we used to hang out the Dunkin' Donuts over in uh, in North Revere, which is now uh, Easy Pie Restaurant, which was in the Holly Davidson Plaza, which was once a Johnny's Food Master. But details, details, local logo. And we were friends with the guy who ran the Dunkin' Donuts, one of the managers over there, because we were there so often. So I had gone to him. I said to him, I had an idea. I go, hey, how do I get a box of Joe? Box of Joe is relatively new at this point, maybe a couple of years old. I go, I only need the coffee in it because I'm going to brew the coffee at my house. I go, but I just need the box, the bladder, if you will, that holds the coffee. So I did. So I asked him. He sold me a 
blank box for like a few bucks. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Took the box home. And now this is like on a Monday. I'm fabricating the, the hose that goes in with the attachment and all that stuff going into the week, going to Home Depot off to school, yada, yada, yada. So Friday, I wake up at 4.30. I stop brewing some coffee. And I uh, fill it up with sugar, coffee, everything, shake up the box, put it in the back of the Jeep, run the hose up there. And um, that was it. So the goal was, we saw I was up in North Rivera. I think Joey was going to go pick up Adam. Because Adam lived over there. No, no, I'm sorry. Adam's mom was going to drop him off to our location. That's what happened. Adam's mom dropped him off. So we were North Rivera. Anthony and Joe met us at the Dunkin' Donuts at 5 p.m. on a Friday. And uh, Adam's mom dropped Adam off. And the four of us are sitting there with two vehicles, full tank of gas. And uh, I'm droggy as fuck because I only got about two hours of sleep on this NyQuil. And if you know NyQuil, it's supposed to last throughout the night. And I forced, forcefully woke myself up. So I'm in a worse condition I was if I just didn't drink NyQuil by itself. You know what I mean? I should just naturally try to go to sleep. But I didn't. So... Anyways, we leave the worst possible time to leave Boston on Friday. Five o'clock on a Friday. The traffic is horrific, no matter what direction we're going. And we figure, well, we're going west on the Mass Pike. Maybe it's not going to be so bad. It was horrific. And I remember getting in the car and we started driving. And we were sat in traffic on the Mass Pike for hours. Like for what took us, it was supposed to take 45 minutes to get to um, the 84 junction on the Pike. It took us like two hours. I remember just dragging. And I was like, how are we going to do this? So we'll fast forward. We get, get going. And I remember the first stop we did was in the Milford Travel Plaza on 95. Um, and it was about 930 at night. And I remember getting out of the Jeep. And it was dark. And it was cold. And I'm tired. You know, it's 930. It's just, you know, it's not the conditions. I, you know, ideally want to be driving. And I knew I still had a, you know, at this point another 20 hours to go so i sucked it up i remember walking into this plaza it was i mean nothing scarier than i run down 95 rest area on a friday night at you know close to 10 o'clock at night <clears throat> the characters you've seen in that i can't even illustrate and the shenanigans that may or may not have been going down in the parking lot that i may we were trying to avoid being part of um, it was just enough to get you going. And at 19 years old, you really, you're still green. You know what I mean? You really haven't seen the life in the world really yet, especially us growing up in Rivea. We just really, it's nothing we were going to see that was going to make us like, uh, you know, like, oh, we've seen that before. Everything was going to be new to us. It was going to be fresh, right? So we go in the plaza. We, I think we get some McDonald's. We get some food. We, we mosey on. And the goal was to see how far we could get. Um, after the stop. And I think the goal was maybe neither Southern New Jersey or the Delaware Welcome Center once you get over the Delaware Memorial Bridge or further if we could, you know. So we're driving. I remember hitting New York City. I remember we got into New Jersey over the George Washington Bridge and I popped in the CD at this point. It was probably 11 o'clock. 11.30 at night. Adam was driving with me, and we had uh, Joe and Anthony behind us in his Ford Temple. And uh, the new thing we just got was these things called Nextels. I don't know if anyone out there remembers Nextels, but they were basically two-way radios. They were also cell phones. So there was like a walkie-talkie feature they had on. And that was big for us. We decided we were going to do that. 
And that way we can communicate through vehicles, you know, instead of calling each other, we can just say, hey, where do you want to stop in this next stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we'll continue on our journey, so forth, so on and so forth. So we had gotten to um, New Jersey, and I remember popping the CD. Now, we're going to go off on a tangent here. So the CD that I put in was Paul Okafold, and it was some house trance dance music type stuff that I was just starting to get into in 2004. Um, I had worked with a guy. His name was Dom. We did stock together in the back of the finish line. He was uh, about three years older than I was. So, you know, 22 years old. And he was into the house techno trance music and did stock of me in the back room. And we used to listen to a lot of this music and stuff. And I was like very interested in it, you know. And uh, we were at the age of the uh, burnt CDs. You could burn CDs and stuff. So he made me like a compliment, compilation of like a bunch of this music for me to get into, which I was very appreciative. And um, I figured, all right, let's, let's just, what time better than now to get involved into some of this music and to learn it and to feel the grooves, you know? So I popped it in. It was very stimulating. Um, Adam, on the other hand, who was sitting next to me, was very, I don't know if he was aggravated. I think he just wanted to sleep. But I couldn't let him leave. And here's the thing with Adam. I was like, buddy, you got to sleep. Because if you don't sleep, we need to exchange drivers at some point. And I know I'm not going to be able to make it all the way. And he refused to sleep. And it was very difficult. He was just getting very restless and stuff. Not that I would. I don't think I would trust him driving my cheap anyways, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, it was a safety feature. So now uh, um, the, the guy, Dom, who gave me the CD is... Um, Fortunately, now serving a, a jail sentence in a Tennessee prison um, for a murder. But um, I, I don't think I want to get into that in this episode, but uh, we'll get into a later episode. But yes, the guy who gave me the mix CD that I used to work with, work with at the finish line in the back room is uh, now um, he murdered his boss. And I want to say alleged. I'm saying he did because there's video footage of him actually doing it. Um, with a machete. No, I'm sorry, a hatchet. A hatchet. So, um, yeah. This was recently, though. Because I don't think I would accept a CD from someone who's hatching the box. And I guess that would have been my boss, too, because we worked at the same place. And this was 2004. This event happened in 2000. 18 so 14 years later you know who how would i have known at this point right i would have known i would have no idea it would have just been a thing of it would have been mysterious uh glimmer of the future and then if I, if I was able to predict that then i would have bought amazon stock at the same time too which i clearly didn't because here i am sitting with a my wife's patriot sweatshirt on with a fake background thinking i'm in florida so there we go i digress but I just wanted you guys to know that he was a character, the guy getting the CD. So we drive, and we drive, and uh, we get to the Chesapeake House Welcome Center on I-95 in Maryland, um, about 20 minutes over the border from Delaware. We're in Maryland. So we, uh, we pull in, and I remember distinctly it was about 2.30 in the morning at this point. So we've been driving, you know, five to the five, six, seven, about nine, eight hours at this point, I guess you could say, with the traffic, you know. 
And at this point, it should have been a drive that only took him six hours, but we're approaching nine hours at this point. So we're like three hours behind schedule due to the traffic we ran into in Boston, unfortunately. Um, so we get into the Welcome Center, and a lot of the stuff is closed there. You know, I'm not quite sure what we're going for, what we're actually doing. Maybe take a quick piss. And I remember going to the bathroom and taking a quick piss and popping a couple of caffeine pills while we're in there to kind of boost my you know, adrenaline for the uh, rest of the trip at this point because I knew I had a, quite the journey ahead of me. And I did so. I took them. And the equivalent to taking caffeine pills when you're tired is that your body is, like, shutting down, but your mind is still alert, but you, you have no reflexes. You have no ability to control anything going on, you know. Um, so, like, I was physically tired my body was physically tired and i remember just being so tired but my mind was alert like i was awake but i was just tired and i honestly didn't know if i was gonna be able to do this i mean this is quite the task to drive 24 hours to florida with very little sleep the night before because of the anxiety and having no naps or anything going on to that and was deciding to hit traffic and decided just gonna do this about stuff now, in retrospect, there should have been, there would have been no reason for us not to have stopped. Um, I mean, at this point, at two o'clock in the morning, we could have got a hotel room, settled it for a few hours, and, you know, took a nap, continued on our way. I think we were trying to save money at this point because we we're all working part time. I think Anthony was the only full time guy that, you know, I think Joey was too. Me and Adam were in school still. Um, so we didn't have the coin, you know, we're trying to do this vacation on like a $350 budget. Most nowadays you look at it and you'd be like, how the hell did you do that? But I mean, gas was only like a dollar 20 in a gallon back then, you know, and we were staying with my grandmother for a few of the nights and we, um, we got a hotel room in Daytona. So the, the idea was, it was very minimum cost, split four ways, you know, we weren't very particular. So we're driving down 95, and I, the next stop I, I remember was at the end of Virginia. We made it. We did quite the task. We, we plowed through the rest of Maryland and Virginia. Fault any stops. I don't remember stopping at all. And I, this, this trip's very distinctly. I, would, I think I would remember stopping, but we went from Chesapeake House to Exit 8 in Virginia, in Poria, Virginia, to be exact. And the only reason I know this is because the year prior, we stopped there on the way home. And we stayed at a hotel. And we ate the Shoney's for breakfast next morning. Which I shit my pants and I left my dirty underwear hanging on the door at that Shoney's. So, it's only because we had no money left going home. And my budget for dinner that night was a bag of beef jerky and a two-liter bottle of vanilla Coke. And when you eat that and then you go to sleep the next morning when you wake up and you have a little bit of fruit at the Shoney's all you can eat breakfast buffet extravaganza, you tend to have some issues. And that was my problem. So that's the only reason I know we stopped there because we pulled off and it had to be about, say Shoney's opens at five, say they open at six. At this point we got, it was about 4.30, five o'clock. It was, it was a good amount of time before they opened. And we pulled into the parking lot and we sat there and we're like, do we wait it out or do we go? And um, 
I go to Anthony, who was driving Joey's car at this time because I think they switched off. And I go, listen, I just need like a half hour nap. Like, I just need like a power nap. I go, how about we just relax real quick? And, you know, even if I don't fall asleep, I just get myself mentally, you know, prepared for another state. Because um, we're about, you know, eight miles from the North Carolina border. So we're, we're almost hitting the halfway point at this point, you know. So we did. We took a little half hour nap. And I don't know if that did anything. It probably didn't. I think it did more damage than anything else, to be honest with you. I uh, was just very physically draining. You know, it was dark. It was nothing to motivate me. I had done listening to the, the house music. And um, talk radio was putting me to sleep. And this was the years before XM radio. I didn't have XM radio. So we had to find new stations every city we went to. Unless we had the CDs to go inside to listen to. Um, GPS didn't exist. We just knew the route because that's the route I drove my entire life going to Florida. So we had no idea what next stops were going to be or anything in the future we were going to hit, you know. So we, we took the nap. We got back on the road. And the next place we stopped was South of the Border, roadside attraction. Um, and I guess the timeline does work out to be because it was about 6.30 in the morning. So if we were at the Shoney's at 4.30, you know, we had about a two-hour drive. It's 176 exits in North Carolina. So we probably, it was around 6.30, 7 o'clock. We ran into, no, we stopped before then. Hold on. Let's rewind before we got to the south of the border. Slipped my mind because I thought it was on the way back, but it's on. So let's go back into a time machine to many, many moons ago. As a kid driving to Florida, you'd see these billboards for this place called Cafe Risque. And it was a roadside strip club. It was, it, was, it was designed for truckers to get off the road. They were open 24 hours to get a little cheap, topless entertainment and, and some food to eat. You know what I mean? Kill two birds with one stone. But as a kid, you're fascinated by what the hell this place really is, right? So it's a house on the side of the highway, exit 70 in Dunn, North Carolina. And I remember this and I remember we've seen the signs and I was like, let's stop and check it out because it's 18 plus and we're on vacation and uh, let's do something wild. Let's do something crazy. So they did. We did. So we pulled over. It was early in the morning. So around six, something o'clock in the morning. We're about an hour from the South Carolina border, put it that way. So um, I would say we probably stopped for lunch most for breakfast, probably closer to like, you know, eight o'clock. So say it's like six o'clock in the morning, six thirty in the morning. The sun was out. I know that much. We got off at exit 70, pulled up, came around, pulled into the Cafe Risque parking lot. It was packed for this hour, for this hour right? Crazy. So I go to the boys, like, you want to go in? And they were like, yeah, fuck it. We're here. Let's check it out, you know? Because, you know, we're all in the same mind wave, you know? And um, so we went in there. We walked through the door. And there's a, so you walk in the door. It's like picture a uh, cape-style house. And there'd be in a little mud room on the front of it. And you walk into the mud room and that's where the desk was where they would take your cover charge or whatever like that. So we walk in and a guy greeted us and he's like, hey guys, what's up? You guys see some IDs? Yada, yada, yada. Okay, so you have to spend a minimum of $10 each in here. That's the goal. So we had to pay like a $5 cover and a minimum of $10 each once we got inside of there. And um, so we're like, oh, all right, well, 
sacrifice 10 bucks. What the fuck, right? We're on vacation. Let's, let's do it. Let's whatever, right? So we did. And we got in there. And I remember walking in. This is the only time I ever been in this Cafe Risky. I've been to one in Florida with the same name, but I've never been to this one. This is the only time I've ever been there. And I, think, I don't even think it's there anymore. I think they ripped it down. And I remember distinctly, you walked in the door and he took a right. And then you walked through another door. And then when you got to the other door, there was a closet type thing in front of you, like an office. To the left was like a bar. And then it was like a center, t- center dance place where the girls would dance. And then on the right, there was like a seat and stuff. And I remember when we walked in, you know, the, the lady who was dancing um, was probably eight months pregnant. She was at full labor. And I wouldn't know the comparison to that. And I'm thinking back down to my wife being pregnant and she was about ready to give birth to a baby and she was dancing with no top on. And there were these truckers because there was all these trucks in the parking lot. There had to be like five or six, like 18 wheels parked in the parking lot. And they were all eating their breakfast. And at this point it was a Saturday morning. And, um, they're enjoying it. They're loving it. They're eating their scrambled eggs and bacon. And this pregnant girl, really bad C-section scar, is dancing around, having you know her haircut was so short too. Like she, she like had a Miley Cyrus shaved head. And this is before Miley Cyrus was even popular. You know, what I mean, she like shaved her head and she was pregnant. And she was dancing and people were enjoying it, and we were just so disturbed. And not to be discriminative or anything, if that's the way you're going to live your life, so be it. Live your life that way. We have no objections whatsoever for that. But um, it was just not our back, you know? So we immediately just want to leave. We're like, all right, we've seen it. This is it. You know, my entire life of growing up, anticipating the big reveal, turns out to be nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, a disappointment, if you will. Like, I don't know what we're expecting. You know, we've been to strip clubs before and, you know, I guess we're just expecting a girl dancing in front of us to throw a few ones that everyone call it Dale and that was it. I don't know what I was really expecting from a roadside trashy truck stop strip club on the side of 95 down North Carolina. I don't know what I was expecting. But what I've seen was not what I was expecting. I'll put it that way. <clears throat> so we decided to go. Obviously, we didn't spend any money once we are in this place at all. And uh, so I go, can we just leave? I go, just leave. So, but the problem is when you leave, you got to go through another door where there's like a checkpoint where they show your receipt. So you don't actually like, if you're going to buy food, if you're going to buy drinks and stuff, they didn't sell alcohol. It was just like sodas and stuff. But if you're going to buy anything in this place, you would have to pay while you left. And that's how they know if you spent your minimum of money. And none of us had any intention to spend $40 in this place. None whatsoever. I'm like, what the fuck are we going to spend $40? So I go to the guy. I'm like, listen, we were, we're on spring break. We stopped in. We uh, always were very inquisitive of what this place was like. But, you know, obviously, you know, it's not what we thought. And, you know, we fully respect the fact. I'm like, well, how much is going to cost us to get out of here? You know, because we're repeat a cover. So like, I don't understand why they were holding us hostage for like 40 bucks. I thought it was kind of ridiculous, right? And well, where am I going to negotiate? What kind of, I didn't have a strama. I'm a fucking goofy 19 year old from Rivera who's on spring break, who seen a strip club and got all excited for no reason, you know? So I had no, nothing to hang on to. So basically what happened was Adam goes to talk to the lady working at the door. 
So Adam goes to him. He's like, listen, we just need to get out of here. What, what's going to take us for get out of here? And I guess we could. I, I guess we could just left at this point. I guess this is really not holding us back. But we're never going to get in trouble. We're never going to ruffle any feathers or anything. So he, the girl goes to him. He's like, you can go into the store and buy like twenty dollars worth of stuff, and we'll call it even. I'm like, fine, great. We'll get off for of five dollars each. Go to the store. So I'm, I had him go into the store. And when I say the word store, I say the store very loosely. It wasn't a store. It was a three by five closet with no door that had shelving around the perimeter once you got inside there and I peeked my head in there and I seen it and they had very very outdated pornographic magazines um, some how would you say toys for mature use and other things of that nature nothing that four guys from Rivera were ever going to need or ever know what to do with if once we got to Florida at this point, right? Because we're so green. We're so young. We're young kids. We have no freaking clue. You know, it's just, this, is, this is crazy to us. So Adam goes in there and he, I go, Adam, just get anything you need to get so we can get on the road again. So he's like, fine. Yeah. So he goes in there and the lady's like, all right, we'll meet you guys outside. So let's meet Anthony and Joey leave. And we're sitting in the parking lot in that car. You know what? Adam's still in there. We left him in there. I'm like, oh, God, we left him in there. Why don't we never see him again? So week five minutes goes by and he comes out. He has a bag. I'm like, what'd you buy? What'd you buy in there? Like, well, well, well thank you. You know, we'll, we owe you. We'll buy you breakfast or whatever like that. We'll, we'll pay, we'll pay the, the, pe- um, the penance to what you had to get to leave this place that we wanted to go to. And now we're like, what the fuck? And he's like, I got some magazines, you know. Okay, no big deal. So now, Grant, we're at exit 70, so we're 70 miles from the South Carolina border. The goal was to stop at South the border, check it out, and then, you know, find some breakfast. So we get in the cars and we're driving down. And I look over to my right at some point. Adam had pulled out one of the magazines he had gotten in there. And it looked like it was something from the 70s. It was like brittle, looked like newspaper. It was very outdated. It wasn't glossy finishes. It was like a newspaper finish to the pictures that are in there. And he's, he's looking at it like this. Like it was like, you know, like he's reading like the Declaration of Independence. And he's sitting there to the right of me. And I'm looking at that. And I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? And then cars are driving by us. I'm like, you got to put that away. I'm like, people are going to drive up next to us and see you reading this. And you know what I mean? I'm like, I, I, this could be illegal. I don't know if it's illegal or not, but it could be, you know. So I didn't want to be part of any, um, you know, extracurricular uh, activity that Adam here anybody wanted to be doing. So whatever. So we keep on driving and we get to self at the border and we pull over and uh, we go and do the sites. Now, to give you a little story, and I'm sure you're going to hear this in many, many, many other stories that I talk about in the show. Um, self at the border was a place that I've seen every year driving to Florida that I always wanted to go to. Because you'd see the signs starting like in Virginia going south and then you're starting in like Georgia going north, like south of the border, you know, 100 more miles, south of the border, 20 more miles. And we have all these creative billboards and pitches and stuff to drag you in there. And I'm sure one of these days I'll do a show just on south of the border, but my parents would never stop there. They said it was a tourist trap. We look for, we, we like the billboards going down, but you know, my mother was a you know, tight on the schedule. She wanted to make sure we got to point A to point B. And I'm not 100% sure if she'd ever been there prior before. 
but she was very a stickler on tourist traps on the highway and uh, didn't want to stop and explore and didn't want anything to do with them. She thought she was going to be robbed. I remember briefly as a kid driving home from Florida, probably 1993, maybe um, someone in the car, either my mother or father had a headache and the closest place to stop was south of the border. So they went to a convenience store there to grab some Advil. And I remember sitting in the car and I remember I have a, one of my boxes of stuff. I have a bag, which was cool. It was kind of like a Mexican theme paper bag. Um, they gave you when you bought an item there, which they didn't, obviously they do the plastic bags now, but I still hold on to that bag. I, I got to figure out where it is, but it's in my collection of, uh, of vacation artifacts. Um, but I always wanted to go to this place. And I told the boys, I'm like, listen, me and Joey had gone the year before. We had, you know, we bought a shot glass. We had a chili dog and all that stuff. That Those are stuff you hear in us when we did the 2003 spring break story. I'll tell you about that. Um, so we stopped and we pulled over and uh, they have all these like big concrete animals and stuff, dinosaurs, dogs and stuff. It's a fireworks store. You know, there's a, you know, crappy gift shop. You can buy some stuff in, you know, all that jazz. And, you know, it's like for a kid who always wanted to go there and their parents would never let them go. Um, to me, it felt like, I can finally do something I wanted to do. And I did it the year before and I'm going to do it again because I really, really want to check it out. And I really want to enjoy myself there. And even if it's for like 15 minutes, just to check it out. And it's, it's still, I'm 36 years old. And it's still kind of an obsession to me. I do plan trips around stopping at South of the border because I love the history of it. And there's a, there's a deep history to South of the border. And there's a reason why it's located, why it is. And it's a reason why the theme, the way it is. And a lot of people don't understand that and know that, and, you know, but to me, it's a personal, you know, when it goes away, it's going to be very heartbreaking to me because it's a, it's a personal thing to me because I, I grew kind of obsessed of it, I guess you could say, you know, I don't know why. It's just, I find it very unique. So it's the reason we stopped and we stopped and we took some pictures. We took a lot of pictures. Now we, I wasn't even using my digital camera, I don't believe. I believe I was using my sister's. My sister got a really decent digital camera at the time. Um, I had a camcorder I got for Christmas that the year before that I used on the vacation prior. And my parents bought my sister a still frame digital camera. I used the memory, you know, memory card, SD card. You know, it could hold maybe like 50 pitches, 60 pitches, you know. And I brought my laptop. I was going to just do it you know, back and forth of them, you know, as I ran out of space. So this was the really first year I documented physically with a still frame pictures. Um, the trip before that, I didn't bring a still frame camera. I had my video camera. So I took a lot of video. I thought I did. And you really don't take a lot of video when you think you took a lot of video. There's so much stuff I wish I had captured and I so much wish I had a camera on me instead of a, a camcorder. And I so wish you know, we had the technology to videotape and take pictures on a cell phone, which we didn't. So there was, there's a lot that went on that trip. And like I said, we'll talk about that on that video. But um, I really wish I was able to document more than I did. Um, for that trip, all I have was a few pictures that were developed by a disposable camera. You know, in memories, I guess, which is a real reason I got to do this this episode for that for that trip and particularly before um i run out of uh, my memories because we're getting old we, we forget details we forget stuff 
And, uh, you know, so in particular with this trip, with leaving South of the border, you know, I bought a shot glass like I usually do spring break 2004. We moseyed on our way. We were there probably 15 minutes. I got some really cool pictures of us sitting on like the ceramic dogs and stuff. And, you know, and uh, over the border in Dillon, South Carolina, the next major exit was probably about 10 miles north. Um, so we decided we were going to just go there for breakfast. There was a Shoney's there. And um, so we go to the Shoney's, we eat breakfast. The all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet extravaganza, which is a great price. It was like for six bucks, you got to eat your ass off in this buffet they had. It's great. It was great marketing for a bunch of uh, poor college kids going to Florida on spring break. It was it was definitely a, a something to do. You fill up on your breakfast, you know, and get away from not having a lunch and then just have a dinner somewhere. And that was the goal plan, you know. It was early in the morning, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. We still had a, a good amount of the day to go. And uh, we actually had a stop before we were, got to my grandparents' house in Fort Myers. We had an objection. We were going to do this. Um, so we did. So that was our goal. So we ate breakfast. We switched drivers for a little bit. I think um, at one point, Anthony and, and Adam had never met prior to this trip. And at one particular moment of this trip, Anthony and Adam were in the same vehicle together. Very interesting. I couldn't drive as a passenger in my Jeep for some particular reason. I don't understand why, but I felt very nerve-wracking having someone drive my Jeep while I was in the passenger seat. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do that for, for a lot of vehicles. Well, I don't know what it is. I think it's the control factor of knowing I know I'm in the control of the vehicle, but knowing I can't be at this particular moment. So I had told... Um, Anthony to come sit in my Jeep and drive if Anthony was going to drive the Jeep with Adam and I was going to go sit with Joey in his car and drive because they had somehow got some sleep along the way so we did that for about a couple of hours I, I napped in Joey's car while he drove the red tempo and um, Adam and Anthony drove in the Jeep I don't know what they talked about and to this day I still don't know and if you asked Anthony or Adam which I haven't talked to Adam in years they'd probably tell you the same thing they have no fucking clue what they haven't talked about they haven't talked in general, you know, but I trust them to drive the car and everything worked out fine. And, um, they might've done that through the entire state of South Carolina. I really have no memory of anything. We stopped in Georgia. I mean, Georgia in reality, you're only there for about an hour and a half before you get to the Florida border. I do remember stopping at the Florida welcome center. That's the next stop. We did, and uh, that's kind of a traditional thing we do when we drive to Florida, and I've been doing it for years. Like Once you hit the Florida border, regardless of if, where you stopped prior, um, stopping at the uh, Welcome Center was almost kind of like a rite of passage. It was kind of like a nice thing, like a nice, hey, you made it to Florida, finally. You're, you're, you know, even though you have seven more hours to drive, you made it to Florida, and that's all that matters at this point. And congratulations for making it there, you know. Um, so... We're at the Florida Welcome Center. Now, to kind of go back a little bit into the history a little bit. The year prior, so even go even further. So we know these two girls that we went to elementary school with, Joey and I. And they're twins. And they had moved down to uh, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, when we were like in third or fourth grade. Now, they still kept in contact with some of the friends we had up here in Revere. And... Um, 
I'm not quite sure because this was before Facebook, before MySpace. I think a screen name. I think I captured it. I got a screen name from one of the girls. Um, I'm not quite sure how. I think, you know, I was talking to maybe one of the girls that I was friends with up here who had their screen name and somehow I came across the screen name. I, so honestly, I do not know how I was put into communication with the twins. I don't. And it was just one of the twins. But I was. And I knew they lived in Jacksonville. And I thought it would be cool to kind of, kind of check up and, you know, see them. Um, since Joey and I haven't seen them in years at this point. And I actually dated one of their cousins uh, in sixth grade, coincidentally enough. Yeah, a little bit of stuff. Great. So there's some history there, I guess you could say. So we... Um, we were, we were chatting prior to the trip and stuff. And they said, when you get close to Florida, you know, we told them what they were going to be there. And I can't get, you know, give me a call because you couldn't text message. There was no text message in 2003. So we got to remember that. And um, I remember getting to the Florida welcome center in particular. And uh, I was like, let's give them a call. Let's see what, uh, let's see what they're doing. So I called them and they said, Oh, great. Yeah. Um, when you get into Jacksonville, get off at, a certain exit and uh when you get to that exit give us a call and we'll meet up with you and then we'll figure we'll get, grab lunch catch up on some stuff we're not what sure what to do we're 19 years old it's not like we go to a bar you know what i mean it's not like it was a destination um potential for like a hookup was very slim i mean when the hell are we going to do that you know what i mean we didn't have the you know i wasn't seasoned in that adventure yet you know what i mean that's still years to come at that point i would say maybe you know, an Adi 10 years to a senior would be able to figure that angle out a little bit easier than a 19-year-old Adi who was just stopping to get some lunch. So we we got off the exit, we pulled over, and we pulled into a, I believe it was like a Publix parking lot. You know, and we gave him a call. And uh, one of the twins came and met us. She pulled up, she was wearing, she was driving a, um, a Blackwood I think it's a Chevy Blackwood. It's like a the conversion SUV pickup from back in the day. It was a really nice car. Remember she called it her spare car. I guess they had a spare car in her family. So um, I'm not really sure why the family was down to Florida, to be exact, you know. Um, but they were there. And we, we were still contacting them. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm friends with them anywhere on Facebook. They have deleted. I don't delete people on Facebook. People just delete me. So I think that's probably what happened. So she was like, let's go grab some lunch. And uh, since we never been to a Sonic before, because they didn't have them up in New England in 2004, we decided, you know, let's go to Sonic. So um, now a little side note, if you follow the Wicked Explorers on YouTube or you follow us on the Scribble Maps, uh, we do designate all the locations on this trip that you can actually click on and see where we were at. So the exact Sonic we weren't, we have clicked and documented. So but that's just keep that in mind for, for future episodes and stuff like that. So you guys all know. We're on the same page. Um, so we stopped for lunch. We, we followed her over to the Sonic and whatnot. And then the other sister came and joined us briefly. Um, she was she was just getting back from filming a music video. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the title of the music video was at this point. It was like, like to fuck or something like that. Anthony thought it was hilarious at the point. So um, the only, you got to keep in mind, the only people I've met these girls before were me and Joey. Anthony really hadn't met him and Adam went to a different elementary school so he had no idea you know so you know we killed about an hour eating lunch and then we catch up on some times and stuff and all that I really have very 
vivid memories of like of a conversation we had you know what we talked about and stuff but um you know and i don't even know if they would even remember you know us 18 years ago stopping along the way or 18 17 years ago but um we do remember it was cool it was nice to catch up on someone you hadn't talked to and you know for at this point it would have been like six years you know give or take you know still pretty fresh at that point but it's all good um so we left and uh we knew we had at least six, five to six hours left ahead of us to get to uh, Fort Myers. And, uh, man, we we're going on empty at this point. I mean, at this point, we we're almost been driving for 24 hours. You know, we've been, you know, focused. It's been draining. It's tiring, you know. I did take the roof off the Jeep. I did take the, I have this thing where I have to take it off when I hit the Welcome Center of Florida. You know, many times I've driven Jeep down to Florida and, you know, this, this coming March, I'll be doing the same as well with the family. I feel that when you hit the Florida border, it is the obligation to remove the, the roof because you're in Florida, right? No matter what time of year it is. But, um, so the next segment that I remember is that we're in the vehicles and we're driving and we get to... Orlando to get some gas and it's starting to get dusk out because the, the, the sun's starting to go down and I remember it being kind of like dusky outside right probably like six o'clock five o'clock six o'clock on a Saturday night and we stop at a uh, racetrack gas station and we pull in and we get gas and was it this trip with the Krispy Kreme donut or was the other trip don't remember. There was a point where someone either Joey got a Christmas. I think it was the trip before the two thousand one. They got a Christmas cream donut. They ended up spending three months in my car because it was lodged underneath the seat. But that's a different story. But we did get gas. We did pull over, and uh, I remember pumping the gas. And I looked over to Adam and Joey having a conversation. You know, probably about twenty feet away from me, and they were pointing across the street. Well, unbeknownst to us, we'd pulled over at a gas station that was located in, in front of a state prison for the state of Florida. And when they let people out of prison, they legit let you out of prison. They let you, they open the door and you're free to go with, you know, probably 20 bucks and that's about it. So there was this ex-prisoner <laughs> at the gas station because it was the first thing to see once you got out of the gates of the prison. And I guess he was hustling people for money. You know, five bucks, he was trying to get signed on the way they was doing. I don't know. But I tried to hustle Adam. And Adam was explaining to Joey the situation. And Adam was pointing across the street to the prison. And, um, you know, they didn't ask me for anything. They didn't do any of that stuff. But I started getting nervous. And I started getting freaking out a little bit. Because I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, this prison of guys over here hustling people to use a payphone. You know, 19-year-old kids, naive. You know, not very street smart at this point. You know, Across the street from a state prison. It was bad. Really bad. All I wanted to do was just get in my car and drive. So, you know, we pumped the gas and we took off. And I, But I still distinctly remember that's also pinned on the map. I remember exactly where we were. I remember looking. I remember the whole situation in my head. You know, it was just a bad situation at the time. And we took a couple pictures. There's actually a great picture of Adam and Joey. And Joey's looking at him very concerned. And Adam's pointing across the street. 
You can see him pointing and looking and pointing at the prison, telling him there's a prison there. Fucking crazy. So at this point, we're like three and a half hours from Fort Myers. And um, we're fucking tired. I'm exhausted. Sun's going down. Light's going down. I think at this point, you kind of build this inner ability to just to go you know it's kind of like the adrenaline rush you know you're close to the finish line you know you can just do it and i remember driving and i remember anthony was driving joey's car and he was driving like fucking asshole like he was going like 80 90 miles per hour in this thing and it was tough for me to keep up and i didn't want to keep up i didn't want to get a ticket and my jeep you know, it was four-cylinder, you know, at anything over 80 miles per hour, it was an uncomfortable drive. It was loud, convertible top, you know. Suspension was just shaky. So I didn't want to push it. And I'm driving down 75, and I also remember this car just pulls out of, like, the median because they separate the two lanes with this, like, bushy median with trees and stuff. Get a next teller. See that guy just pull out of there? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is that a cop? I'm like, if it's a cop, you better slow down because I'm behind him. Anthony finally slows down. Yo. Excuse the lay on. Jesus. Hope he has on you. I listen to the story. Um, so we get to where we're going, four miles. We pull off. It's nine o'clock at night. We get to my grandparents' house. We uh, settle in. We say hi. They wonder what the hell we were. You know, she explained to us that we left, the, you know, at this point, it was like 28 hours ago with the traffic. So they were like, um, what are you guys going to do? Of course we're going out. I mean, right? We're in spring break. We're not going to stay in the uh, house all day, you know? At night, we're going to go out. We're going to do something. So uh, we did. We, we, we dropped off our uh, bags. And um, we got a key for the, the condo. And there's a picture of us um, 20 minutes later at the Hess station um, near my grandparents' house. At the now, I think it's like a speedway or whatever it's going on. And uh, we're getting gas because we're running low. And we, we decided when we did our adventures in Fort Myers, Daytona, we just used one car because it made sense. We weren't traveling long distance. We used my car because I had the roof off. So we uh, piled into the Jeep and I stopped for gas at the gas station. And there's a picture of I stood on my hood and I was taking the picture directly down at the guys in the car. as a kind of a picture of... Um, Success, you know, we finally made it. It was awesome. And uh, we're in spring break now. And the, uh, it's limitless what we could do, you know. I think back on it now, I get kind of emotional about it because at the time you're living it, you really don't realize how unique the little things you do on this trip um, will affect you for the rest of your life, essentially. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, here I am in 2021 talking about a stupid trip to Florida with a bunch of my friends in 2004. 
and it still has significant um, impact to my my life, my everyday life, you know. So, you know, that first night in Fort Myers, we're not quite sure what I did, what we did. You know, I, I imagine it involved us going to the beach, which was a typical routine reaction of us that first night. Um, which I believe we did. I think we went there. If I remember correctly, if that was on Saturday, I think Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we were in Fort Myers. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we were in Daytona. And you know, obviously Saturday and Sunday we were driving home. So that was the game plan. So this was our first night there. Um, so a little preference on this trip. I was friends with a girl who was a year older than me who played for Salem State College softball. And they were spring training. A lot of the colleges would be down to Fort Myers to spring train um, for the season for like the college teams, including this particular one. So I was friendly with her through AIM and I don't know how I knew she was going to be down there at the time. I think just because of communication through, you know, whatever. So we were going to meet up at some point. And um, that situation, what becomes of that, was actually a very pivotal point for the next two years of my life. But that won't be until about, that's a couple of days from now. So we're approaching an hour here. So we are at a point here where I could end the story pretty well and get a nice solid hour for this episode of Levy Cliff thing. And so I think I'm going to do that because I don't want to drown people with a show that just rambles on. You need, you need something to keep you hooked, right? And I guess you want to know what I'm going to do in Fort Myers and why some softball player from Salem State College was a pivotal change for two years of my life. Um, yeah. So we made it to Fort Myers. And uh, the first night, I'm going to tell you, we basically, I think we just went to the beach and we walked it because we weren't 21. We couldn't get into any of the bars. Joey and Joey and I already attempted this the year before, trying to get into these bars, and we had no success whatsoever so it was probably very very boring that first night to be honest with you and i think we were just hoping that we'd meet a bunch of chicks in the same situation as us which never seemed to ever pan out very right for us you know you know now i'm talking about the story i do have flashbacks of us I had a spot to park at the beach. I'll leave it here. I'll leave this to be the end of the story for the for the for this episode. I did have a particular spot to park on Fort Myers Beach after hours. If you drove down um, Sterile Boulevard, I believe that's what it's called, Sterile Beach Boulevard, and you got past the there was a Hess station to the right, and then there was a Hooters directly after it, and you could park in the Hooters parking lot if you were going to eat at the Hooters. But across the street, there was like this strip mall. It was an elevated building with some spaces on the first floor and some offices on the second floor. And there was this deep parking lot that was like a long U-shape that during the day was busy as hell. But after like 8 o'clock, all the businesses and they would close down and there was all this parking. 
And I started parking there the year before. And it was probably not legal. There was signs saying, you know, parking for this building. But no one was there, you know. And it was better than paying for municipal parking on the street or at the other lots. And you can remember, we were on a strict budget. Like, to waste $5 to park. Right now, for me to waste $5 to park, I would rather pay $5 to park so I have the, you know, peace of mind that everything was going to be okay. But back then, it was just a matter of just whatever, you know, so... We parked in that spot, and that was it. That's all I can remember at this point. I think the next day, we uh, we started the trip a little bit more of an adventure. Um, but we'll leave it there. We'll talk about that next week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, um, and I hope you enjoyed the series because this series is something that's very, uh, I guess you could say, important to me because it's something I've always wanted to do because. I posted videos of the trips that we take and I tagged the locations we were at, but there was no really any story behind any of it. You know, and there's nothing to connect in the dots of why we're there, and why we're doing this. So hopefully the wild tip, the adventures of out 84 fill that gap in, you know, and um, hopefully these stories can be shared for generations and generations later on. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for listening tonight. Um, obviously catch us on YouTube. If you're watching this on Facebook, you can get these videos on YouTube and, uh, also on, um, Podbean and iTunes and all that stuff. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful night. And we'll see you guys next week for part two of spring break 2004. See you guys later. Bye.